0: you're listening to the hockey podcast network new shows every day find us at the hockey or wherever you get your podcasts from
1: welcome to your canadian's connection on rocket sports radio This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things HABs for more than a decade. This is the Canadian's Connection Podcast.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadian's Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained, my name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour, and this is episode 218 of the Canadian's Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. How's it going today, Rick?
2: Hey, I'm I'm just happy that I'm not in Orchard Park, New York right now, so um, Montreal's good as far as I'm concerned. Uh, 77 inches of snow in the Oof. Buffalo area, including where Bills Stadium is, uh, Orchard Park, New York. Uh, over six feet of snow—that's insane—and makes sense why they would. Uh, the NFL moved uh, smartly, moved the Bills-Browns game to uh, Ford Field in um, in Detroit for uh, this Sunday, uh, rather than. Now, um, I've been in that stadium when there's when there's snow. Uh, it was the um, 2018 World Junior Championships, the outdoor game, and um, Amy Johnson and I were actually she was outside, I was in the press box. Um, so I know the amount of snow that can fall in that stadium in that area, and um, and for all of our listeners in that area or who are experiencing some weather today, just. Uh, uh, get inside, get cozy, and, and listen to the Canadian's Connection podcast.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I think it was Wednesday when it started to snow here in Montreal, and I was uh, I was pretty bummed out about it. <laughs> but uh, we're not at uh, the ugly snow part quite yet. Uh, it still it looks nice. Um, I'm sure I'll get sick of it within a couple days, but it, it's been all right. A little bit chilly, though. I don't mind it, but uh, like you said, Great day to stay inside, cozy up, and uh, turn on a podcast, so why not the Canadians Connection? And we're happy all of our listeners are tuning in. On this episode, uh, we'll get you all up to date on everything Montreal Canadiens from this past week, as well as updates from the Habs prospects. In segment two, uh, we're going to take a look back on some of the key issues going into the season. As we know, uh, the season hasn't quite gone as uh, scripted and uh, the Canadians are having a a certain degree of success. So we're going to take a look at that for you. And in segment three, of course, it's uh, the Have You Say segment. Uh, We want to hear all your thoughts on our Canadians Connection question of the week. Would you prefer the Canadians to continue on a development path this season or push for a playoff spot? Rick, if uh, people are interested in reaching out, uh, answering the question, or if they have anything to say to us, uh, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: Reach out to us on our text line. We have a Rocket Sports text line set up uh, just for you. Um, it's uh, It's got an easy easy number to remember. It's 5853 Rocket, 5853 Rocket, five eight five eight five three seven six two five three eight, or send us an email, info at allhabs.net.
0: And uh, also make sure you give us a follow at HabsConnection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, you can visit the website CanadiansConnection.com. So since uh, we last met last week, uh, the Canadians have played three games. Uh, Please make sure to check out the comprehensive game day previews and post-game recaps for every Canadians game at allhabs.net. And we're going to start off with the positive game. Uh, If We want to go back to November the 12th. That was last Saturday. Montreal comes away with a five to four victory in overtime over the Penguins. Nice to see Jeff Petrie again, but, uh, you know, it was Mike Hoffman who, uh, took over and scored the game winning goal for him at that point. It was four goals in three games. So he had a nice little run.
2: And Kirby doc as well. Uh, he was on a bit of a run at that point, uh, seven points in eight games. Uh, Pittsburgh is not a very good defensive team. And, uh, The Canadians took advantage of that, firing 42 shots, 19 shots in the second period, uh, and uh, came away with the overtime victory.
0: And uh, going forward a couple days there, uh, well, it's going to go downhill a little bit. Unfortunately, uh, the New Jersey Devils score five, Montreal scores one. This is a game that's worth forgetting. Uh, The shots uh, were even 39 to 26 in favor of the New Jersey Devils. Uh, not a g- good game overall for Montreal, and uh, you know what? I'm not going to waste too much time on this one. I just want to forget about it.
2: Well, I'm going to I'm going to um, argue the other way. Remember <laughs> it not not in terms of of the way the Canadians played, but in the way the New Jersey Devils played. Um, it was their tenth win in in a row, um, and they were they were dominant throughout. Um, the word relentless is thrown around a lot to um, to describe uh, the play a team. They were absolutely relentless all over the ice, pressuring the Canadians. Canadians made a ton of mistakes, a ton of turnovers. Um, and and the reason I say to remember it and remember the uh, the Devils is this could be the Montreal Canadiens in a few years. The the number of prospects. Um, and it's interesting to me that, that you see folks saying, okay, we've got enough prospects. Uh, the The prospect cupboard is, is full. Let's, let's turn our attention um, to the playoffs. Look at the number of years that the New Jersey Devils have been uh, down around the uh, bottom of the standings and the, the prospect list um, that, that they, that they put together and, and, uh, all the young players, and the Jack Hughes and the Dawson Mercers, and um, Jesper Bratt, and um, and it goes on, and and the guys that w- are not even in the lineup yet, Alexander Holtz, and, and Simon Nemich. and um, this is this is uh, this could be a view uh, of the future of the Montreal Canadiens. So um, that's the only w- in that in that sense. Remember uh, this game.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, New Jersey this year to me is probably the biggest surprise. I didn't think they were going to have this much success, but uh, you know it seems like everything's clicking for them. And uh, Lindy Ruff, I will say, he's doing a pretty good job as a coach there, don't you think?
2: Uh, if um, the fan base uh, apologizes to you in, in New Jersey, um, <laughs> then you've done something right. Um, I think that's a fascinating story with, you know, the you, New Jersey first couple of games, slow start, uh, the fans in New Jersey were chanting, fire Lindy. A uh, um, couple games later, they're on this long streak, and the fans chant, sorry, Lindy. Um, I, I, it's amazing what they're doing. And, and yes, uh, uh, the Devils were bottom five team last year and, and uh, have really turned it around to one of the best in the NHL this season so far.
0: And well, speaking of, uh, the bottom five, uh, Montreal took a visit to Columbus to face the Blue Jackets on November the 9th and the Blue Jackets score six, Montreal scores four. Uh, Montembeau didn't look great in this game. Uh, he got scored on four times in the third period there, uh, for Columbus Corpusalo and net. Uh, he's not been great lately, but he seemed to have done enough to earn the win there. Uh, Columbus, uh, not a great team so far this season. And, uh, you know, I, I I felt like this could have been a winnable game for Montreal, but uh, Columbus, I think they deserve that.
2: Interesting to hear Nick Suzuki after the game saying, "We took them too lightly," um, and and that should never happen, no matter where uh, your opponent is in the standings. Um, and and yeah, there was some there was some um, interesting moments. Yuri Slavkovsky got his first the first assist of his career. Uh, Arbor Jackeye, another uh, uh, bout under his belt, this one with uh, Matthew Olivier. Um, but for the most part, it was uh, lots of mistakes, uh, weak goaltending, uh, turnovers, lost face-offs. Um, you know, everybody seemed to contribute to this loss.
0: So the Canadians record right now, 8-8-1. Eight, eight That's good enough for 20th in the NHL. So that looks like it's probably a little bit under five hundred when you consider that uh, it's realistically eight and nine at this point. But still, that's uh, that's a lot better than I thought they were gonna do uh, at this point in the season. So please make sure you check out uh, Habs Notepads and Habs Features as posts appear regularly at allhabs.net. Taking a look at roster news, uh, Jonathan Duran, who's just not had a good season at all. Uh, he's either been in the press box or when he's played he's been basically invisible he's now going to be out for four to six weeks with an upper body injury uh just not a great year for him uh i hope for his sake he can get healthy and start to look relatively good because at this point if i'm an nhl team next season i don't think i would even offer him as much as a pto
2: no he's um i mean we've talked about it he hasn't uh, the only thing he's had while he's been in in uh, Montreal is the promise of what he did in junior. And and certainly that was many years ago and, and hasn't lived up to any of the promise. Um, one of the worst contracts, overpaid, obviously, uh, and now out four to six uh, weeks. And it looks like he's had wrist surgery. He's had problems with his wrists. Uh, he fell awkwardly. Um, and it looks like uh, re-injured himself there, although the Canadians are, are terming it an upper-body injury. Um, can he get back and put in some good games to, to, um, to make himself a tradable asset for Ken Hughes? Um, I, I doubt it. I don't, I don't think um, he can. Um, so we'll see what, what kind of uh, final season I expect. Uh, he'll have in uh, Montreal once he returns
0: and uh, some well another player off to a bit of a rough start uh, Yoel Armia he has an upper body injury Uh, he's not played this week Uh, so far this season he's only gotten into seven games Uh, it's too bad Armia is another guy that I thought could have been a tradable asset going forward but uh, the injuries are just catching up to him
2: Uh, he didn't travel to uh, Columbus um, and, um, so it was, uh, yeah, it, it's, I, I think he can be a tradable asset because he's a kind of big body player possession type player that could be valuable in the playoffs. Uh, but he's got to get in the lineup and show something
0: for sure. But, uh, someone that did travel to Columbus, uh, well, a little bit of a surprise was Rem Pitlick. Uh, he was recalled, uh, from Laval after he was put on waivers last week and was sent down and actually played some games. Then he was called up, he uh, went to Columbus, and did not play, and then he was returned back to Laval.
2: And played in Laval on Friday night. Uh, this was simply a case of the Canadians on a road trip, a one-game road trip, short road trip, but needing to have an extra forward in case anything happened in the in the pregame warm-ups or uh, that, that you have a player there, a forward that can step in if need be. Um, That's the purpose he served. uh, So came up for the the trip to Columbus and sent uh, down um, right after. Not not the same situation when you're at home because you can always, um, you know, there's, uh, Laval's not too far away. um, On a road trip, uh, an entirely different thing. So um, Rem Pitlick was all smiles when he got called up. He wasn't all smiles after the game, particularly the way it went for Laval last night.
0: Uh, Emil Heineman was activated off of IR, and he was loaned uh, out to the SHL to his old team, Lexand. Uh, this is where he spent last season. A uh, bit of a surprise that he's being loaned out to the SHL. Uh, obviously, Heinemann started the season with some injuries, uh, just got healthy, and uh, I, I would have liked to have seen him stay in Laval or even get an opportunity in Montreal at some point this year, but... Uh, I guess he's heading back uh, to Sweden. Maybe he'll get an opportunity at a later point.
2: Uh, given uh, the the lack of development and the lack of success both in Laval, and we'll we'll be talking about that. This is probably a good thing for Heineman. Like you, I I would have liked to have uh, seen him stay um, in North America. He had that thumb injury. He was on season opening IR. Um, and has been there uh, since the beginning of the season. So he'll get his first action soon, as you said, with his uh, former club in the SHL.
0: Yeah, it's too bad. I liked what I saw from him in the preseason. If you want to go back and listen to one of the older podcasts, I even predicted that he could crack the opening night roster in Montreal, but uh, obviously that didn't work out. And uh, I'm sure he'll get plenty of ice time over in Sweden.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: Last week uh, we talked about uh, Mike Matheson being in a non-contact jersey. Well, this week he's practicing in a regular jersey, so a nice little upgrade there. And uh, he might even play tonight. Actually, is this correct, Rick?
2: That's right. He's scheduled to play uh, tonight against, uh, as we record on Saturday, uh, the game against uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, and uh, yeah, that and and he's uh, expected uh, to be paired with. Um, Joel Edmondson on the first pairing, um, and that's uh, likely to put uh, Jordan Harris out of the lineup. Um, Chris Weidman also out of the lineup. Uh, so we expect that the lineup, Matheson, Edmondson, Gouley Savard, and then Jacai um, goes with Kovacevic, who had been the, the partner of Jordan Harris. Um, Marty St. Louis said it's going to be a bit of a rotation game-to-game, uh, game, uh, but uh, uh, they just wanted this configuration, I guess, on the third pairing uh, for the game against uh, Philadelphia.
0: So the Canadians wore their reverse retro jersey for the first time on Tuesday. I wasn't a huge fan of the look, if I'm being honest, but it's all right. I could go along with it. But even weirder, they introduced a near, a new mascot named Metal, uh, I, I'm not sh- quite sure that I understood w- what this was about but uh apparently Metal is going to be the unofficial official mascot of its upcoming reverse retro series games. Uh what what did you think of the look of these jerseys and uh, what do you think about Metal the new mascot? <laughs> uh
2: the jerseys um you know I, I didn't much like the Ranger blue the retro uh reverse retro 1.0 um and I, I think I liked this color, the the powder blue, even less. Um, as many said, it needed some red in there uh, to make that connection, not only with the Canadians but with the Expos, which it, it's supposed to be Expo blue. So uh, make a stronger connection uh, somehow. And and as we said, um, we've said on previous podcasts, the the mocks that were coming out um, were um, by graphic artists were were actually turned out much nicer than. The final product um there were some problems um you know the the white numbers on the back look great they look fine easily uh, visible but the name plates are in dark blue and couldn't be seen uh at all from the stands um and then this whole thing with the mascot dedicated to the reverse retro 2.0 uh, named metal um they've they've look like they're trying too hard as far as creating a backstory metal was um sort of a mascot in the 80s and 90s uh that hung around or you'd you'd see him pop up um for canadians games um was an orange thing uh he's blue now and 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 they say that's because he's been away in cold storage all this time and some silly um you know a fairy tale that they're telling uh the the issue is fans will know uh the UP the Canadians mascot was the Montreal Expos' ax, uh, mascot so he is the the original reverse retro if if you want to term it that um he's the connection to the Expos um and again they could have had they could have had the Expos logo they could have um, they could have even had some. Uh, they they did have to call out the lineups. They had the uh, former Expos um, um, stadium announcer uh, uh, announce the the starting lineup. But why not why not bring out some Expos players? Um, I don't know. I, I I think it was kind of a um, a missed opportunity. But um, and, and and you know. <laughs> I I think if you look on our Facebook page, you'll get the sense that 98% of Canadians fans um, absolutely hated the jerseys.
0: Well, most teams out there have one mascot, if any, and I think that there's a a good reason for that. I I don't think they needed to introduce a second guy. I don't think that really improves the in-game experience a whole lot, but uh, I guess... I guess we're going to see metal around for a few games at least.
2: Eight games total, I believe. (laughs) Oof.
0: Well, uh, I guess in good news, uh, Jake Allen was awarded the Jean Beliveau Trophy for community involvement. Uh, This is awarded annually to the Canadian's player who best exemplifies leadership qualities in the community. Uh, The trophy is accompanied by a $25,000 donation to uh, a charity of... uh, with Jake Allen's choice, uh, that's from the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundation. Uh, as a result, Allen chose uh, the foundation Jasmine Roy-Sophie Desmarais uh, to support its uh, programs aiming to prevent and reduce school bullying, discrimination, and violence in schools.
2: Yeah, uh, Jake Allen has done a lot and certainly done a lot in um, his home province in New Brunswick. He has the Jake Allen Classic in the off season, the golf tournament that raises money for a foundation that he started called, uh, program 34. Um, and, uh, has been very successful and, and very active that way. Um, I, I think that, um, uh, that it was a, it was a good choice and, and, uh, Jake seemed very pleased, uh, with his, uh, with winning this award.
3: Yeah. You know, first off it's, it's an honor, obviously to, to win this award, uh, you know, a trophy with the name of Jean Beliveau on it is, uh, doesn't matter what it is, it's an honor. Uh, we all know uh, his history within hockey, within the Canadians, within the you know country of Canada. It's uh, obviously I've never got to meet him or anything, but uh, you know, hearing the stories from my grandfather and my father, you know, watching on TV, and we all know his place in the game and the place in the organization. And um, so yeah, so for me, it's a it's a tremendous honor. Um, and uh, yeah, he was a he's a hero. Uh, you know, Brunswick is Canadian's territory, so uh, he was a hero in that province for especially a lot of the people, especially my grandfather growing up in that era. So, um, yeah, so it's a tremendous honour and I'm you know, very fortunate.
2: Kind of sad that, um, that he didn't get to meet Jean Beliveau, um, and, but, but uh, obviously seems very touched. And, and it's nice that it's, it's uh, somewhat meaningful uh, to not only Jake, but his family, um, because of the stories that, that Jake was uh, told uh, from father and grandfather.
0: For sure, and uh, I, I think Jake Allen, definitely the right choice here. He seems like someone that's just always involved in the community and involved with different charities. Uh, definitely a leader within the community, so uh, congrats to Jake Allen. I think they picked the right guy for this. Now I think is a, is a good time to take a look at our Habs Prospect Report.
1: This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network.
0: So taking a look at Habs prospects from all the different leagues, AHL, CHL, Europe, NCAA, Uh, A few of the guys that uh, I seem to be pinpointing almost every week are Riley Kidney and Joshua Waugh. Up until this week, their stats were always near identical. I think last week there was just a difference of maybe one assist. But this week, uh, Riley Kidney does pull ahead of Joshua Waugh by about five points here. To be fair, Riley Kidney does have uh, three extra games played, but... uh, Kidney, 32 points in 20 games. Joshua Waugh, 27 points in 17 games. And entering that conversation is uh, Cedric Guidon, who's playing in the OHL for the uh, Owen Sound Attack. He has 26 points in 19 games, so he's quietly having a pretty good season there as well.
2: Yeah, I agree. And it was this week, um, Riley Kidney, uh, his uh, Acadie Bathurst um, team beat uh, the Mooseheads, Halifax Mooseheads, Seven to four, and in that game, uh, Kidney had a goal, two assists. His goal was a game winner, um, so it, it was um, a bit of a week. As you said, he he um, has a, now a five point lead uh, on Joshua Waugh. Cedric uh in there also. Owen Beck um, maybe a, you know he was a bit uh, quiet his first two games, I believe, and then has he has scored fourteen goals in fourteen in his last fourteen games. Um, with Mississauga um, points wise he, uh, he's uh, you know a little shy of uh, fourth place uh, if we're if we're keeping track of Canadians prospects in the CHL uh, but his 14 goals is uh, leads uh, all Canadian prospects um, Jared Davidson who we we haven't mentioned out in the the WHL uh 23 points in only 12 games. Uh, so point per game, <laughs> He's, he might be up there. And a plus 15, which is the best amongst um, Canadians' prospect, Vincenzo Rohr, um, he also has 23 points in 18 games. So uh, Canadians' prospects uh, doing quite well. And, and it's, it's not only in the CHL. Um, we remember there's another Pitlick. Um, it's Rhett Pitlick. Uh, he had two goals for the uh, University of Minnesota um, uh, this week uh, as they beat the University of Michigan. We're going to be talking about the University of Michigan in a minute. Um, Adam Ingstrom, who was a uh, third-round pick in, in uh, this past draft, uh, he had a goal and three assists um, this, this past week. Uh, Jaden Struble... Um, you remember there was, will Jaden Struble go back uh, for, for his final year at Northeastern? Uh, will he or won't he? He did. Um, and this week he was suspended. <laughs> he got <laughs> um, uh, suspension for a fight that happened at the end of the game. The game was, was at the 20-minute mark. Um, and uh, so he won't play. Uh, his Northeastern team is playing Boston University um, tonight, Saturday night and he'll be setting out his one-game suspension.
0: Taking a look at uh, the AHL, uh, since last week, uh, the Laval Rocket have played four games. Uh, going back to last Saturday, uh, Laval went into Lehigh Valley, and, uh, well, they lost to the Phantoms 3-2. to two. Uh, The Phantoms took a last-minute penalty while the game was tied 2-2. Two to two. The Rocket failed to convert. But then in overtime, uh, Rocket player Nicholas Baudin Took a penalty and then the Phantoms managed to score the game-winning goal. So uh, kind of unfortunate there.
2: Phantoms not a good team um, this year, uh, but um, uh, neither are the Rocket, and and uh, they they find ways to um, to shoot themselves in the foot, particularly uh, with respect to bad penalties and a pretty poor penalty kill
0: on uh, the 13th of November Laval went over to Hershey and they lost four to one uh, they went over six on the power play so something's just not clicking in terms of their special teams
2: yeah they've they've been decent um top 15 or thereabouts in in on the uh on the power play but yeah that penalty kill uh absolute bottom of the um uh, of the league and and taking really untimely. Um, uh, bad penalties. And and the thing is, it, it isn't it isn't the youngsters. It, it's, it's, for the most part, uh, it's the vets taking those penalties.
3: But
0: finally, we do have a Laval win. That comes in on November the 16th uh, as Abbotsford came into Laval. Laval gets four, Abbotsford gets two. Uh, probably Primo's best start to the season. Um, and despite Laval taking 19 minutes worth of penalties, they were able to finally get a win in there.
2: Seven power plays for Abbotsford um, that that uh, th- they were fortunate. Let's let's just say they were very fortunate um, being as indisciplined as they were and and um, and uh, coming away with the victory.
0: But a couple days later on the 18th, uh, back to old habits, uh, Cleveland takes a trip into Laval. They win seven to three. Uh, Cleveland goes five for six on the power play so like I said special teams seem to be a big issue right now and uh, it's not been looking good
2: that was just an ugly game um yeah goaltending goaltending hasn't been good Uh, penalty kills good hasn't been good mood hasn't been uh very good and and Jeff Wool was not very happy uh with his players after the game on Friday night
0: the Rockets record currently 4-9-3-0. Uh, they remain 30th in the AHL. Uh, big topic with this team right now is goaltending. So just take a brief look here at the Laval Rocket goaltending. Uh, the two goaltenders, Caden Primo, Kevin Poulin. So far, Primo in nine games. He has three wins, four losses, two overtime losses. Uh, His goals against average is uh, 3.02, save percentage above 900, surprisingly, with uh, 0.906. Taking a look at Kevin Poulin in six games, he has one win, four losses, one overtime loss, uh, 3.63 goals against average, and a 0.885 save percentage, so just not getting it done there.
2: That uh, game last night, uh, or uh, as we record on Friday night, um, that dropped uh, Caden Primo below that 900 threshold. Uh, he's now at 8, 895 uh, save percentage, and just with three wins in in 10 games um, is not what it is, was expected um, it's, it's, it's been really difficult and, and, um, I think that, you know, we talked about it last, uh, last spring when, when the when the Laval Rocket were making a playoff push and all the talk was about this uh, wonderful play by, by, uh, Caden Primo and we cautioned you at that time. Um, I, I, I said it, the, the defense of the Laval Rocket was the best in the AHL Last year, they were veterans. Um, they were, you know, they they knew how to play. They had good sticks. They were protect. They were clearing rebounds. Um, they were fronting uh, the opposition players. They made things real, real easy for Caden Primo. Uh, J.F. Wool said said it himself when he was asked about during the playoffs when he was asked about how well, um, you know, the Montreal uh, reporters don't get to see Lavelle that often. They arrived on the scene and said, "Wow." Look at this, Caden Primo, and he said, "Hmm, my defenseman had pretty good sticks, um, and so uh, we cautioned you that that uh, that wasn't going to necessarily translate uh, to this season, and it, with a more expe- inexperienced uh, back end, um, which is which is fine, is 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 what it should be, which is common in the AHL." Um, we, we see that it was more about the defense um, uh, during the playoff run than it was about the goaltending because neither goaltender has been, um, has been very good.
0: Yeah. There was one point last season too, where Kevin uh, Poulain had a great run. He was yeah. actually a goaltender of the month at one point. Uh, so uh, the fact that so far this season, he's not come in and he's come in and he's not looked very good. that's uh, very telling of what the defense was last season. And uh Unfortunate that they've not been able to replace that uh, even systematically. Exactly. So coming up over the next week, uh, Laval is going to have a chance to get the revenge against Cleveland uh, on the 19th. Uh, so on Saturday right now, uh, Cleveland's going to be in Laval. Then on the 23rd, uh, Abbotsford is back in Laval on the 25th, they hit the road again and they go into Belleville.
2: And that's, uh, they, they haven't done well Uh, in Belleville uh, up till now
0: no Belleville's really had their number so uh, we'll see they have another opportunity there and that seems to be the team that they play against the most so Mm -hmm. at some point something's got to happen right (laughs) (laughs) or at least you'd hope yeah yeah. Yeah. you mentioned uh, the University of uh, Michigan hockey team earlier well uh, their hockey team had to dress a goaltender as a forward on Thursday's game a uh, couple different storylines here. Uh, there was some illness spreading within the Michigan dressing room, and they were short a lot of forwards in their lineup. Uh, so they were forced to dress one of their backup bullies to play forward, which uh, that well, I guess a, a backup goalie getting a chance to play as a skater. Kind of a lighthearted story, but uh, kind of, a lot of just weird storylines coming out of this one.
2: So the University of Michigan, uh, yes, lots of um, interesting storylines. Um, we think of the University of Michigan uh, last season with, with seven NHL first-round picks, uh, an NCAA record. They had Matty Beniers and Owen Power, uh, Kent Johnson, and, and, and others. Uh, some of those players... They still have a bunch of uh, first-rounders. Rutger Ret- R- McGroarty, uh, first-rounder in 2022 with with Winnipeg. Uh, Luke Hughes, um, uh, fourth overall in 2021 with New Jersey. Uh, Mackie Samikiewicz, first-rounder in 2021 by, by Florida. Uh, Frank Nazar, uh, the Blackhawks t- took him 13th overall. That, w- that was the Kirby Dock uh, trade. So uh, they've got a strong team. Um, lots of expectations. And oh, uh, I haven't mentioned yet, Adam Fantilli also plays, who is the top two um, uh, uh, draft eligible prospect for 2023. Um, interesting in that. And, and right now they're ranked third overall in, in, uh, in the country in, in college hockey for the U.S., Um, then they had this depleted lineup. Um, College hockey, if you follow college hockey, you know that they carry three goaltenders at all times. Uh, The third string goaltender in this case uh, was a guy named Tyler Shea. Um, He hasn't yet made his uh, college debut uh, as the third string goaltender for University of Michigan. He made his debut instead as a left winger, um, which is... Is fascinating. It's it's a is uh, interesting story, um, and uh, there have been it's gone the other way. Like we've seen, um, Canadians prospect Connor Crisp um, years ago uh, in the OHL, uh, a forward, uh, a, a tough forward. Um, he he um, uh, was uh, had to be in a goal a goaltender. Uh, one night, um, and the Uri Otters, uh they lost thirteen to four with Connor and Ned. Unfortunately, um, this this time it was the reverse, and and putting Tyler Shea in um, and and making his debut. Um, so interesting for for that young man, but the reason they had to do that, and this is where the story gets quite sad and quite dark is that there is some um, virus going through the team. They were missing six um, regulars. Um, and one of those, um, his name is Stephen Holtz. Um, he's in ICU on a ventilator um, and, and causing uh, his, uh, you know, the, this, this virus is causing and, and in serious condition. And, and uh, you know, it, it's, it's sad um, I, I have to wonder why this this um, game uh, against the University of Minnesota was allowed to be played on on Thursday. And and um, I I'd, as wonderful it was uh, to for uh, a goaltender to play forward, and we, we you know uh, Carey Price could have done the, the same thing. Um, it's it's a really sad story and one that that we want to keep an eye on because of all of this uh, this this virus, this mystery illness that's that's plaguing the team.
0: Yeah, a lot of weird angles to this one. And, uh, of course, we'll keep you up to date uh, if there are any developments. Be sure to read the content at AHL.Report. Also listen to and subscribe to the Press Zone. That comes out every Tuesday, hosted by Amy Johnson and Patrick Williams and Rick Stevens. Taking a look around the league for uh, hockey news, the NHL has made it mandatory for players to wear a helmet in the pregame warmups. ups uh, The NHL has decided that players who entered the NHL after the 2019-2020 season should have to wear helmets in warm-ups. Makes sense to me. Uh, obviously, you don't want to get injured unnecessarily at that time, although it does look cool to see all that long hair flowing around during the warmup. Uh, I guess it, the NHL has decided that uh, maybe it's not worth
2: it. So, as you said, any, anyone who enters, uh, who had entered uh, the league in 2019 uh, 20, that season or later, so that would apply to uh, Cole Caulfield. Um, and uh, you won't see uh, Cole uh, with, uh, with the flowing locks in, in preseason anymore. This is uh, apparently an agreement between the NHL and the NHLPA and, and uh, part of their concussion protocol and, and reducing injuries in uh, warmups. Um I I don't know it, you know it's it's tradition um f- when a player makes his debut uh for the team to hide his his helmet and for him to go out on a solo skate um with with the flow going I I guess it it I I guess those we won't see those anymore a, a, as well um which is which is a little sad but I understand that safety comes first
0: Yeah of course Timu Solani and Tepo Newmanen were inducted into the Winnipeg Jets hockey or, uh, Hall of Fame on Thursday. Uh, Solani, a uh, former 10th overall pick by the Jets, uh, absolutely amazing career, Hall of Famer for sure. Uh, Tepo Newmanen, he was a 29th overall pick by Winnipeg in uh, 1986. At times a little bit under, underappreciated, but still a great defenseman for a long time. Rick, I know you uh, spent uh, a lot of time watching both of these players. You're a big Timo Solani fan. Uh, what can you tell you, tell us about this?
2: Well, Timo uh, Solani, uh, just um, the most dynamic player I ever saw live. Uh, absolutely. Uh, his 76-goal uh, season was um, is something that's going to be uh, difficult to repeat. It was magical. Um, and it was nice that uh, this, this ceremony was done. Their numbers uh, raised into the rafters as members of the Winnipeg Jets Hall of Fame on the night that uh, the Jets faced the Anaheim Ducks, the other team uh, that Temo Solani played for um, and, uh, and starred with Paul Correa. Uh, Tepo Newman, uh, always uh, underrated, but had an amazing career, um, and uh, was just, as they say, he was a machine. He, he, he didn't make mistakes. Uh, Tamo Solani called him um, the Nicholas Lidstrom of Finland. Uh, that's how highly he was regarded. Um, and it was nice for the, the two of them uh, to go into uh, the Jets Hall of Fame together. And I think that the other part of this is, is Jets management is making the connection with um, uh, Jets 1.0. Uh, and and unfortunately, all those records, as they were carried to Arizona, are part of the the Arizona Coyotes uh, franchise. And uh, nice that that the Jets are trying to reclaim some of that when when the, the Winnipeg Jets um, Gary Bettman ripped them out of out of Winnipeg uh, unjustifiably. So you've heard me get upset about this before. And, and what has happened in Arizona? They're playing in a 5,000-seat arena with um, curtained-off uh, dressing rooms right now. Um, anyway, uh, not to get negative, a wonderful moment for both players, for the city of Winnipeg, for the Winnipeg Jets, uh, and uh, one of the, 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 the better stories in the NHL this past week.
0: Yeah, I like that they're making that connection as well. It's always kind of weird to look at uh, the current uh, Winnipeg Jets all-time stats and then you see, like, Ilya Kovalchuk and just, what? <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's the Atlanta th- Thrasher stats uh, from way back in the day. So it's nice that they're making that connection with Solani and uh, Newman and uh, both greats, uh, happy for both of them. Our final story here, uh, the Ottawa Senators are apparently very active looking to add a defenseman. I would uh, also suggest that they should be very active, looking to fire an entire coaching staff. (laughs) Uh, Injuries have been an issue early on. Uh, Artem Zub was out long term. Now Thomas Chapot is out. Uh, Their best defenseman right now, uh, rookie Jake Sanderson. Uh, Definitely some question marks about their defense coming into this season anyway. So they'll be uh, taking a look around. I I don't think Jacob Chikrin is an option right now unless uh, his price goes down quite a bit.
2: A Little bit of a stir. Uh, Carlson, Eric Carlson, uh, uh it, it was said that he's available. Uh, whether the, the Ottawa would be interested in him uh, again or not is, <laughs> um, or maybe a, 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 a David Savard to uh to mentor uh young Sanderson. Um, that's also been uh put out there, but uh, the preliminary, I guess, are uh, any discussions, um, how active. Uh, Ottawa really is uh, is uh, well we'll we'll see.
0: Yeah, of course, David Savard there. That's the Canadians' connection. Um, it's a possibility. I, I think that Ottawa might want to look for something a little bit better on their end. But hey, if you're Montreal and uh, somebody's offering you assets for uh, David Savard, mm-hmm. I think you gotta really consider that. Absolutely. So uh, we might even circle back to that topic in our next segment too. So uh, coming up, uh, we're going to hear from our sponsors, DraftKings. Then it's the Big Topic segment. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win, and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. The more that you add to your same-game parlay, uh, the better, the, the the higher the odds are, and the bigger your payouts could be, quite honestly. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
0: Welcome back to the Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at The Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs on Twitter. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can visit the website, CanadiansConnection.com. Just a reminder to subscribe to the Canadians Connection Podcast in the player or on your favorite podcast app. So the Montreal Canadiens have a new motto coming in, well at this point in the season. Uh, Coming into the season, uh, I think some people were expecting, you know, this is going to be a team that's going to be around the bottom again, uh, tanking for Bedard, Um, it's going to be about development, giving young players opportunities and grooming them. Well, they's, they have a, had a little bit of success. They're better than what a lot of people have predicted. Uh, we talked about that a little bit on last week's episode as well. Uh, but the Montreal Canadiens, they have a new motto. Uh, it's expressed in the style of their play, and uh, it goes along with a little song.
2: It does. Um, looking for an identity, and, and yes, it's. Um, we talked last week about how the Canadians. Uh, as a team, weren't uh, following the script that was laid out for them, and and uh, and and that's all fine. Uh, but they've been, uh, we, we've seen a different style of, of play uh, this year. Last year, uh, when the Canadians would get down, and and yes, the you know under Dominic Desjardins, there was a black cloud. The, the The mood in the room was terrible. There, you know, the the vets were going to uh, Dom and and trying to to have changes done, and and he was being stubborn about the whole thing. So when the Canadians would, would fall behind, um, they would just kind of fold their tent. And, and uh, that certainly hasn't been the case. Um, we've seen comebacks. We've seen them fight back, even, even if they uh, don't win the game. And um, a, a, a different spirit uh, about this team as they craft their, their new identity.
0: And uh, well, let's hear from Nick Suzuki to hear what he has to say about this identity.
3: Yeah, uh, Cole brought that song. That's uh, um, yeah, uh, kind of our motto right now, and um, we're just trying to get that going. A few games in, um, but Eddie's turning it on now, so uh, it's a good tune.
2: Let me translate, <laughs> because and and Awful that's audio. yeah, it's it's that's how it came in. The Canadians, I I don't know what their problem is, but they uh, every third game or so they they have really bad audio on their their media availabilities. Um, you know, get a new microphone or whatever you need to to do. But Montreal Canadiens, you can afford it and you can fix it. Uh, please address that. That was Nick Suzuki talking about um, this this new motto that they have, and it's a song. Um, and so what he said there. Um, amidst the, the static and, and some of the breakups, uh, bro, uh, uh, he said Cole brought that song. Cole Caulfield brought a song in, um, and he said it's kind of our motto right now, and we're just trying to keep it going. Um, it came in a few games ago, and Eddie's throwing it on. It's a good tune, is basically what he said, Eddie being Joel Edmondson, uh, Joel Edmondson being... Uh, the keeper of the iPad, the, the, the guy who plays uh, after practice, after games. He's the one uh, that has, I think he said, a dozen or so playlists that he chooses music from, uh, depending on the situation. And right now, the Canadians' victory song, um, the, the song that they play after every win, is Won't Back Down uh, by Tom Petty. So, yeah, that, that kind of describes the, the, the feeling that the team wants, that, that they may be underdogs going into uh, a number of the games this season, but that's not going to uh, cause them to back down. They're going, they're going to um, you know, try to pull together to, uh, and, 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 as we've seen, um, put together a few more wins than expected.
0: Yeah, perhaps a little bit cliche, but I think the point still stands. I think that's a good motto to have for any sports team or anyone at all. Uh, Certainly, it it does show. And uh, you know what? uh, The way they've been playing, it uh, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Kind of uh, interesting that uh, they've uh, decided to link it to a song and uh, found inspiration from that. But uh, it it seems to be working for them. Uh, I'm glad that this happened. And uh, you know what? Great tune as well by uh, the late Tom Petty.
2: It is, and and it's it's uh, it's not unique, um, as you said, a bit cliche, and and um, you know I've been in in corridors outside of dressing rooms in, in hockey hockey teams of of all levels, and I've often heard this song, so not a surprise <laughs> that that Cole Caulfield would uh, bring it in, um, but the Canadians have adopted it, and uh, uh, after a win, um, Joel Edmondson is going to play it.
0: So uh, let's uh, take a look back at a previous Canadians Connection episode, episode 210 specifically. Uh, during that, we raised what we thought were the five or the 10 key issues at the start of the season. Uh, and well, we're going to take a look back at those, provide our newer answers and kind of reflect back on what was happening at that period of time, because there are certain things that we talked about at that time that, Either they don't seem relevant, or they're completely different at this point. Like, aren't they? Like going back and listening to that episode, just wow. It, is, it was a little bit humbling.
2: Well, it's it's interesting because um, this was the, the episode two ten was uh, recorded just before the exhibition schedule started, um, and and from uh, the beginnings of of training camp. Um, we were getting signals about what would be the key issues that the Canadians or, or questions that the Canadians would have to answer. And going back and looking at them is, is a good way of describing the um, in the two months that have gone by. Um, it kind of describes the, the the path that the Canadians are on. Um, and, 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 th- you know, uh, past behavior predicts future behavior. Th- these last two two uh, months can give us a sense of, of maybe what we can expect uh, over the next two months and as we approach the trade deadline.
0: So the very first question I'm going to bring up, and this is still very, very relevant, uh, oddly enough, it's can Kirby Dog fulfill expectations of a third overall pick and become the team's second-line center? Uh, it was brought up, actually, on that episode that some people were suggesting that Kirby Doc should maybe be put on the wing so that he can get into the top six and while that seems to be what has happened he is currently playing on the wing of Suzuki and Caulfield he's been good I give him credit he's looked great in that role but I would like to see him still get transitioned into a center at some point here Uh the whole point in Kirby Doc being acquired is not to be uh, a good winger uh, shotgunning next to uh, Suzuki and Caulfield. It's so that he can be a second line center that really drives that play.
2: You look at all the good teams and they have strength down the middle, particularly um, a a first and second line center or a 1A, 1B situation. And that's what the Canadians, that's what Kent Hughes was hoping. That's what he is, was planning when, uh, he made that trade and, and gave up a lot. Um, he, you know, if he wasn't getting a, a second line center, um, then he probably overpaid. As we've, If, if you're just getting a, another winger, uh, probably overpaid. So, um, you know, that question that we asked um, at the end of September, uh, can Kirby Dock become the team's second line center? Um, the, the answer simply is we don't know. Um, and it's curious, uh, you know, um, for the Canadians who have said that this season is all about development, there are some exceptions. And here's an exception. If it's all about development, Doc would be uh, placed at center and left there and let him learn um, and, uh, you know, flanked by, by uh, Sean Monaghan as he was to begin the season. To, so Monaghan can come in and take a face-off uh, when need be. Um, and and that Sean Monaghan can tutor um, uh, Kirby Dock about being a top-six uh, 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 player and, and a second-line centre um, if it was about development. But, um, you know, the Canadians needed uh, a complementary player to Caulfield and Suzuki, and they tried Anderson, and they tried Hoffman. Um, eventually, um, you know, once... Once he develops uh, a little, maybe it's going to be Yuri Slavkovsky on that right side, uh, but right now it's Kirby Doc, and as you said, he's he's had great success and 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 has also uh, benefited Suzuki and Caulfield. So if if the aim was uh, Kirby Dock, he's you know he's he's uh, coming off uh, you know underwhelming seasons in Chicago. Um, maybe his confidence has taken a hit. If, if it was to boost his confidence, getting him to play at the level uh, that, that, that uh, his, or closer to his potential, and then move him into that second line center, well, great, that's fine. But that should start to happen pretty soon, I would think. Again, if the focus is in the, on development and if um, the, the intent remains to have Kirby Doc as as the team's long term uh, second line center, um, but you know the longer that goes on, it it seems like the Canadians are compromising a bit on development and uh, and 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 leaning towards results, which is different from what Marty St. Louis said um, back when we uh, formulated these these questions.
0: You bring up a good point there, and this was something I was going to bring up as well. If the goal was for Kirby Dog just to play on the wing, get some success and gain some confidence, and then transition him to center, I don't mind that. Uh, that's something that happens very commonly around the league when you're developing a forward. But uh, yeah, like you said, at some point here, we're going to have to see what he is down the middle. Uh, hopefully he can have that same amount of success or even if it's a bit of a bumpy road you know just ride it out for a little bit see if he can get uncomfortable with that get him comfortable taking face offs still and I like the idea of maybe having him and Monahan paired up and you know if things aren't going well one night while well, Monahan's a guy who has played center before you can just let him take the face offs or swap out roles
2: for sure absolutely
0: Moving on to this next question, and uh, this is uh, this is pretty funny to look back at a little bit. It's uh, Mike is Mike Matheson capable of consistently playing 22 minutes a night? Uh, in Pit- while well, we mentioned on that uh, episode in Pittsburgh, he was an 18.5 minute guy. Uh, we also talked about well, with uh, the surge of uh, young D on this team, he's probably going to have to play a lot of minutes. And have an elevated role on this team. Well, so far he's been injured. We're yet to see him. I think uh, tonight will be the first time we see him on uh, November the 19th. Uh, honestly, uh, what this question does for me is it makes me think, wow, you know what? These young defensemen have actually done a really good job in the absence of Mike Matheson. Uh, Harris, Yakai and Gouli, they have been anchors back there. And they've actually looked pretty good.
2: Yes, and and uh, Kovačević, and and the the this is uh, another question. So we're two months in uh, since we asked these questions, and the first two questions we don't have answers. We you know we don't know no. <laughs> if Kirby Doc is going to become the second line set We don't know if Mike Matheson is capable of playing twenty two minutes a night, well, consistently night after night. And the twenty two minutes was chosen because that's. Uh, that was the 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 average ice time for Jeff Petrie. That uh, it was expected that Matheson was going to have to uh, replace, and instead it's been um, uh, David Savard and and, and uh, Caden Gooley, uh who've had the top minutes, um, and maybe unfairly so. I I you know given given uh, Caden Gooley, um uh, his his rookie season, given David Savard. Remember, David Savard was playing. Uh, third pairing defense uh, in Tampa. Um, and, and so, you know, up at the first pairing is, is probably a little over his head for sure. Um, so now, um, you know, we'll see for the very first time Saturday night against the Flyers, uh, Matheson on the left side, Joel Edmondson, who missed a, 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 a 10 games at the beginning of the season, on the right side um, and, um, and, and Gouley and Savard uh, back at the second line uh, or second pairing uh, defense and, and hopefully uh, their minutes reduced to a more manageable level.
0: And that kind of relates to this next question. And this next question we did end up finding out. uh, So the question is of Caden Gouley, Justin Barron and Jordan Harris, who makes the opening night roster? And while well, the answer to that was uh, Ghoulian Harris, and I guess you got to throw in Jack Eye at this point. I don't think anybody at the point in when we were recording that podcast had uh, Jack Eye on the radar to uh, crack the opening night roster. I think we both predicted that at least two of them would, so we were right on that, uh, at least for that. I thought that uh, Justin Barron we might have been able to see by now, but uh, he's been in Laval still.
2: Justin Barron was quite disappointed um, being sent to Laval and it it took him time to adjust. Uh, He has, um, he's accepted his role. He uh, leads all uh, Laval defensemen in points. Um, He still has the expectation that sometime during the season he'll get his call and and wants to stay. Um, But yes, with, with all the other young talent in the lineup. That's really difficult to add uh, yet another. Um, but Jordan Harris has been terrific. Um, Caden Gooley has been, um, at times, uh, uh, the Canadians' best defenseman. Um, so they had they certainly um, got into the, the opening night lineup and then stayed there uh, by earning it.
0: So taking a look in goal, uh, the next question that we asked was, who will be the backup for Jake Allen? Uh, Will it be Samuel Montembeau or Caden Primo? At the time, I think you mentioned that it could have been a little bit of a toss-up. Primo just signed a one-way contract, same with Montembeau. And of course, uh, the answer to that ends up being uh, Montembo is the backup. Uh, he's played six games. He's three and three, point uh, nine fifteen uh, save percentage. Yeah, he's been okay in a limited role. And uh, Caden Primo, not good in camp. Uh, not a good Stern Laval either.
2: Well, and we didn't know at the time that that the Canadians um, they tipped the scale uh, during the exhibition schedule. Uh, Caden Primo got. All kinds of, of uh, playing time. Sam Montembeau rarely played in the preseason. Uh, the Canadians were obviously trying to, but 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 Caden Primo just uh, he had a rotten preseason, and and uh, uh, there was no other choice but to to send him to to Laval. Uh Montembeau's had uh, a good start to the season, not very good his last game, and and I mean it's. Um, he's 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 changing his style. Uh, he's playing further back in the net. Uh, he's still having real trouble with with uh, uh, rebounds. He's still um, having trouble controlling um, his uh, his movements and, and being a little bit more compact. Um, but he's he's uh, at least been able to spell Jake Allen uh, a fair bit. But you know we I wonder. If um, given the number of of, uh, the the quality of shots that the Canadians are giving up, uh, whether those numbers for either Allen or or Montembeau or both are going to start to uh, dive um, over the next uh, month or so.
0: The next question we have is actually, it was a pretty big topic back uh, at the time. Uh, The question is, will Kent Hughes add a right-handed defenseman before the start of the season? Uh, We talked about potential trades. We looked at who might be available in free agency. Uh, We couldn't really speak to who could be put on waivers at that point. Uh, I don't think we ended up talking about waivers a ton. But uh, the answer to that was, uh, yeah, they uh, picked up uh, Jonathan Kovacovic off of waivers. And I remember... I think it was a couple weeks after Amy Johnson was on the show and she got to announce that uh, they did that waiver pickup. So, uh, interesting how that's worked out. Kovacevic, he's come in, he's looked pretty decent. I've not minded his play at all.
2: No, he's been, he's been very good, had l- very limited experience, um, before the Canadians picked him up. Um, he's, uh, you know, the, that was, that was smart on, um, behalf of, of, uh, Kent Hughes and, and Jeff Gorton, that they were keeping their eye on um, on teams like the Jets, who had a, um, a, a, a backlog of, of uh, good defensemen, uh, Kovacevic on the right-hand side, um, and, and has fit in perfectly. And just this past week, as, as we heard on uh, the broadcast, that Kovacevic uh, met with Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon gave him the okay uh, to find a place to live, Uh, so he no longer has to, uh, live in a, in a hotel, uh, as he has been for the, for for a couple of months, uh, that he can find himself, uh, an apartment and, or a condo. And, and, uh, he was pretty excited about being able to do that.
0: Yeah, it, it was a really good pickup, uh, for them. I didn't know too much about Jonathan Kovacevic when they claimed him, but, uh, he, yeah, like you said, he's been really good. I'm glad that he gets to stay and I'm glad that he gets to move out of that hotel room uh, Kind of relating to that uh, the next question uh, is who is the first NHL forward traded or put on waivers by Kent Hughes? Well, I, I if we want to be super technical about it uh, during the preseason I believe it was Nate Schnarr that was the first player that was put on waivers. I don't know if that necessarily counts Um but uh, I think it ends up being Rampeltick, doesn't it? The first uh, guy that ends up, the, well, the first forward that ends up being put on waivers and then reassigned to Laval,
2: right? That's right. Well, at the at the beginning of the season, there's there's a lot of technically guys have to go through uh, waivers to get assigned to Laval, so we'll yeah. we'll leave those <laughs> off. Uh, and I think for the most part, we concentrated on on who was going to be the first trade. Was it going to be Mike Hoffman? Um, who might it be, but, uh, yes, on, on waivers, it's Rem Pitlick and, and, uh, um, I'm, you know, I, I, I think we spoke about it already. I'm fine with the move. Uh, it, out of ever anyone who, um, uh, could have been sent, uh, I think, I think Rem Pitlick was the right player, uh, other than perhaps Michael Pizzetta, but the, it seems like, uh, they, they are worried ab- that, uh, Pazetta was going to be picked up by another team. There wasn't that same concern over Pitlick. Yeah,
0: Pitlick uh, recently signed a two-year one-way contract with this team. Uh, not looked good so far. He didn't really get much of an opportunity to play, and when he did play, he wasn't able to generate any offense, uh, which is what he's supposed to do. Uh, in Laval, uh, you can tell that the skills there, but uh, you know some bad penalties. I've not been super happy with what I've seen from him. Um, I'm surprised that Mike Hoffman has not been just... Well, there's been no talk of Mike Hoffman being moved at all. Uh, for me, like at the time that uh, the previous podcast was recorded, I thought it was for sure that Hoffman was going to be on the move, but uh, Hoffman has been able to generate a little bit. Uh, he, he went on a little bit of a scoring tear, uh, slowed down the last two games, but uh, I, I don't think we can rule out the possibility of a lot of other forwards being moved out uh, before the trade deadline.
2: The really interesting thing about Mike Hoffman, as you said, um and we talked about it that he he went on a um, a three or four game run of of goals, um, but those were all at even strength. Mike Hoffman's calling card, his identity is being a power play sniper. He does not have a power play goal uh yet this season for the Canadians. Um he's 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 gotta produce on the power play. He's gotta show other teams that he can be Um, a power play sniper again uh, before I think they'll get interested in Mike Hoffman and be able to ignore all the other stuff um, in terms of not playing defense uh, you know being um, uh, doesn't play well without the puck kind of thing before you can ignore that stuff he has to he has to be a power play um, uh, asset again
0: and I think we were expecting at least one or two bodies to be traded out to, well, when we decided that this was a question to include. The question is, which recalled player from Laval will have an extended stay with the big club? I don't know that it's fair to say that there has been anybody uh, this far, at least. Technically, at one point, Arborzhak I was Sent down to the Laval on October tenth, and then recalled on the eleventh. I think that's more of a paper transaction, yeah. so I don't think we can really count that. Uh, so I, I guess the answer to this is nobody
2: so far. And and yeah, I think we're talking about the the length of the the the, the long term uh, view, and and because there is the expectation still um, that Kent Hughes is going to. Uh, well, he's going to add assets. He's going to free up his cap um, and uh, move players out between now and the trade deadline, and that's going to provide opportunities uh, for a recall from Lavelle. Um, and And will it be uh, will Jacki and um, be sent to uh, Lavelle? Have a bit of a you know, um, a few weeks, a month there, and then be recalled? Will it be uh, um, Yessa Yelonen? Uh, will it be uh, uh, Justin Barron? Um, you know, uh, Raphael Harvey-Penard, who will it be that, that the Canadians uh, bring up once, um, once they start unloading some of the veterans and, and, uh, and in advance of the trade deadline?
0: Yeah, And that could also be impacted by uh, injuries Uh, The next question we're asking is uh, Will the Canadians be less impacted by injuries than last season? So far, kind of meh They went uh, a long time without Joel Edmondson around Uh, Matheson is just going to be making his uh, NHL debut tonight Uh, Armia's had some injury problems Uh, Price is not going to play this season so it seems like injuries are still kind of a big issue so far this year. The difference, though, is that uh, Montreal currently has the young talent uh, to be able to step up and fill in those roles.
2: Yeah, and this was because in the offseason, uh, Jeff Molson had said uh, that he was going to devote a lot of resources to the physical and mental health. Uh, the they, the Canadians management was concerned uh, that they had been riding near uh, the, the the top of the NHL list in man games lost uh, they haven't been anywhere near that this season uh, yes there's been uh, some injuries but not uh, you know most of those uh, were se- were related to the beginning of the season um, mm-hmm. and 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 not experiencing injuries as, as from gameplay so yeah. Um, it's been less of a concern and and certainly less talked about this season. Uh,
0: I think this is one of my personal favorite questions on this list. It's what kind of coach will Martin St. Louis become? And uh, the answer I think is still, I don't, I don't really know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think we were expecting him to be maybe a little bit more focused on development. It seemed to be what he was hinting at uh, with some comments he had at the beginning of the season, uh right now it seems like he's kind of uh, i I guess fence sitting like he definitely wants to win he likes to win uh but also he is giving some young players some big opportunities so I, i i'm gonna say i don't know at this point what do you think rick
2: yeah we we don't know uh this is another one that that uh it's still evolving and and uh you know, at, on Saturday night, the Canadians will meet the Philadelphia Flyers. John Tortorella, coach of, of the Philadelphia Flyers, is the mentor. Um, he set the blueprint um, for Marty St. Louis. Marty St. Louis looks up to him and has taken a lot of uh, his coaching style uh, from Tortorella, but, but you know, n- not, not entirely. And so I think, I don't think Marty St. Louis knows yet um, because it's one thing to be, uh, an inspirational coach. Uh, it's one thing to say, I've been there. I know what you're going through. Follow me uh, and give a rah-rah speech. But, you know, at some point, you have to pay attention to the technical side of the game. Um, you you have to you have to know about systems. Uh, Marty St. Louis said he doesn't like systems. He doesn't like preaching systems. He, he wants his players to think out there. Um you, you have to do pre-scouting. Um, the Canadians haven't been doing a lot of that. Um, even to the point of, we heard Marty St. Louis say uh, today that um, he purposely uh, avoids any of the injury reports. He doesn't want to know mm. about his injured players. Uh, and and the quote is, I can't lie. Um, and I believe he can, and I believe he has, but... but uh, he says that he doesn't want to go before the media uh, and get asked. He, I, I think it's just the, the uncomfortableness about uh, remember the whole thing with um, the mystery illness of uh, Evgeny Dadinov, Uh yeah. and he got very upset and, and, and rude and, and barked at the, the reporters. And um, he, he just doesn't like that, that part of, of being a coach. Um, so, we don't. We, we just don't know. There there's so many aspects of coaching that right now, I think that um, Marty St. Louis is avoiding that he's going to have to figure out. Uh, we hope that he would um, you know attend to that over over the summer break. Uh, he chose not to, and and uh, so his his whole evolution uh, as as a coach, uh, you know, is is really in its infancy, um, and we really don't know how it's going to turn out.
0: Yeah. Listening back, one of the questions I asked in regards to this is how is Martin St. Louis going to handle all the difficult questions? And the answer <laughs> to that, I guess, is not very well. So we know like one part is of right. his coaching style. So right. <laughs> uh, last and last not least, and I think this was your favorite question out of the bunch, can the Canadians stick to a plan of development for the entire uh, season? Uh, And can the organization stick to the plan of development for the entire season? Um, It doesn't really seem like it. I mentioned before, Martin Saint-Louis seems like he's fence-setting a little bit. I feel like that's kind of the story of most of uh, the organization at this point. Laval definitely is not a place for development at this very moment. I think that uh, the fact that uh, Montreal has kept Slavkovsky around uh, in a fourth-line role uh, is also a signal that uh, they're not trying to, you know, go for a development this season, but at the same time, they've had no issues giving elevated roles to guys like Caden Gooley and Jordan Harris, who have looked great. And I think from that aspect, their development has been pretty decent. I've been happy that they're not scared to put out the, the younger players, but at the same time, now that they're starting to win some games and kind of be in the middle of, you know, not making the playoffs and not being a bottom-six team, it's I think it's a little bit up in the air as to what they're trying to do.
2: It's, um, you know, and when we talked about this, I think there was, um, it was, it, we wondered whether the fan base would have the tolerance to go through another difficult season. Um, and And, you know, like other teams have done, like New Jersey has done, in order to build up the prospects uh, over a period of years, or if the Canadians fan base would say one and done, we had a bad season last year. We got our number one, we're ready to move on and, and focus on the playoffs. And, and hopefully that the organization would have the uh, better sense. And we heard Marty St. Louis prior to the season say that it was, uh, they weren't focused on results, focused on intentions. We heard Jeff Corton say uh, that, that they were not just interested in uh, a short-term, uh, you know, run to the playoffs. They wanted to to redevelop so that they could be um, a sustained contender year after year. Um, and and yet, there's been some, yeah, some odd decisions this year. Um, Laval is a puzzle. That coaching staff is a puzzle, uh, and their approach is is really quite odd. Um the whole Kirby Doc thing as as we spoke about, that, that's not development. Um, you know, Arbor Jacquai, uh, should he he would benefit most from being in Laval. I know he and and that's the thing. He's a fan favorite. Fans love him. Fans flock to the Bell Center to see him. Uh they turn on the, the TV to to see if he's you know who he's gonna hit or who he's gonna fight. Uh if it was concerned about development, he'd be in Laval um it, it, Slavkovsky, same thing um so this this there there is a a puzzle here whether the Canadians are are focused on development if they're letting if they're letting marketing uh, uh cloud their their choices if they're letting a little bit of success cloud their choices um so this is another one that we just can't answer and and um, but it's, it's uh i thought the the fan base would be the first to crack um, but but maybe it's the the team as well
0: well in terms of the fan base it seemed to me and i could be wrong i'm not basing this off of any statistics or anything but it's really seemed to me like if the organization would go like full steam ahead with development if they were if they came out and said you know what Shakai and Slavkovsky, they would benefit from some time in Laval. I think that fans would actually be on board with it. And I saw this a little bit on Twitter when there were talks of this happening. But they just never went through and they've yeah. kind of just stayed fence-setting, thinking, okay, maybe we'll avoid some bad press if we just like let them stay here. But uh, you mentioned in the first segment Slavkovsky gets his first assist of the season this past week. We're well into November, and that's his first assist of the season. That's not good for a first overall pick uh, who's currently playing in a fourth-line role in the NHL. Uh, You want a lot more from him. I'd rather see him in in Laval and developing, but uh, it's really just, it's strange because there are certain things that they're doing where I'm like, you know what, that's great that this is happening for all the development of the young players and then there's some other things that are happening where it's like, oh, it feels like you're focusing on trying to win, but like the team isn't necessarily good enough to be in the playoffs, and they're just in this weird like middle part, not going, you know, to tank for a Bedard, not going to make the playoffs. I'm uh, just not sure.
2: And and we're not criticizing Slavkowski. Um no, no. you know, when we talked about the pick, and, and again, we're not going back and relitigating the, the whole draft and the choice. Um, on board there, but the the reason Slavkowski was chosen, we were told by the Canadians' management, um, you know, when when you looked at his club play, um, there, there wasn't much there, there wasn't much production there, um, but it was said that against men on a big stage, um, he could com- he could compete, he could score, he could go on streaks. Um, and so, uh, you know, and, 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 and with Montreal being that, that big stage, uh, that I think there was more expected of him and, and yes, um, well into, uh, you know, near Thanksgiving and he's, he's telling his first assist that was, I don't think that was, um, was expected. So, uh, and part of that is, is this slow introduction um, where he's learning how to play the North American style game, w- w- couldn't he do that in the AHL with fewer consequences? Um, when where he could be allowed to make mistakes, which with a coach who who, who allowed that, <laughs> um, I, I'll add that caveat. But um, yeah, it seems that um, that the the problems in in Laval where they're neither developing nor winning um, are maybe affecting some of the decisions that um, the Canadians brass are making and, and, uh, and that's causing a problem with development of a Jacki of a Slavkovsky.
0: I know sometimes uh, management of different NHL teams like to stay out of, you know, coaching decisions and whatnot. And uh, I'm not saying for sure that this has or has not happened, but I, w- I would really like it to see, Uh, the Montreal Canadiens management, Kent Hughes, Jeff Gordon, go to, you know, both the Laval and the Montreal coaching staff and just give them a clear direction because right now I'm not convinced that there really is one. They're just kind of playing it out. And you know what? It's early in the season. Maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing. But at some point this season, uh, decisions going to have to be made. They're going to have to choose a direction. Uh, I would really hate to see them just end up in this middle part of the standings where they've not accomplished anything really
2: we hate to look back but mark bergevin sent to sylvain lefebvre head coach uh, of the ahl affiliate back then hamilton and and uh, st john's um sent him a lineup who would play uh wh- what position they'd play um you know uh, what which line they'd play on which defense pairing and he'd map out who would be the special teams players as well. Every game. Uh, we're not calling for that. Let's be, no, let's no. be clear. <laughs> we're not calling for that. Let a coach coach. But um, some guidance. And, and, and part of that is just, um, and I think there's an openness in management to say, um, these are our plans for these players. Help us facilitate that.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point you bring up. Uh, obviously, I don't want anybody to start like drawing up line combinations for the coaches or anything like that. But just, you know, a simple, all right, this is what we're trying to get out of this season. I think at some point that's got to come up if it hasn't already.
2: For sure. And and so that means that that the Laval coaching staff is involved in development and it's not the situation that we saw last week where Um, oh, by the way, we need to do some development. Um, You guys can have the day off. We're bringing in the development staff to run practice. That's just (laughs) silly to me.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, since we're nearing the end of this segment here, Rick, uh, was there anything that you you wanted to add to any of these questions at all?
2: We're going to check back again um, because these two-month chunks are maybe closer to the uh, just before the trade deadline um, because this identity – uh, this Now the Canadians have a new motto, they're formulating their identity, uh, and it's really evolving uh, this season, and uh, we're going to check on it again and, uh, and see how it, it all unfolds.
0: Well, that sounds good to me, and I look forward to listening back to this podcast in a couple months (laughs) just to see what I said. (laughs) But uh, for now, uh, we're going to take our final break. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan inc. your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net.
0: Welcome back to episode 218 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at HabsConnection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you can visit the website CanadiansConnection.com. Also, remember, you can text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line 5853ROCKET. That's 5853ROCKET. Uh, that was a fun uh, second segment, uh, always fun to look back on uh, previous things that we have said Um we're partway into the season here. And, uh, it honestly, I really enjoyed looking back at what the most pressing questions were coming into the season. And a lot of it's still relevant. A lot of it we still have not figured out.
2: Yeah, that's right. And, and, um, you know, you expect there to be a lot of change in a short period of time with a team that doesn't really have an established, uh, identity with a team that, uh, has a lot of young players and with a team that has, a. Uh, rapidly, or or at least a, a roster that's expected to change through the year.
0: Yeah, it really feels like a lot did happen in a lot of ways. A lot did happen, but also not uh, not not much at all. But if you are struggling to keep up with this team, or you just want a, a little bit of help following this team, one of the best ways to do so all Habs Hockey Magazine allhabs.net dot net is where you want to go. Weekly, we have our Chris uh, G's Habs notepad that gives you the updates on basically everything top to bottom. Uh, everything from Montreal Canadiens, Laval Rocket, Trois-Rivières Lions, everything that happens behind the scenes. He'll keep you up to date with that. Also, coming out in the, the midweek, every Thursday, Amy Johnson hosts the Habs Hockey Report on YouTube. Just search up uh, the All Habs Hockey Magazine page, hit the the hit the subscribe button, and the like button on all the videos. Leave a comment as well, as Amy Johnson will reply to each and every comment, and sometimes she'll even read them out on air. This latest episode, entitled Matheson Set to Return, Who's an Odd Man Out? Very good watch. I recommend it. And uh, like I said, just head over to YouTube and make sure you hit that subscribe button.
2: And it's easy to find. And this past week, we've been talking about it. Um, YouTube has rolled out their... Their handles, Um, the the handle for our YouTube uh, page um, is at allhabs, all one word, allhabs, like it is uh, on Twitter and Facebook and elsewhere. Uh, So uh, just search for at allhabs. And once you get to the page, be sure to subscribe.
0: Quick and easy and easy to remember at allhabs. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Also, each week we have our two Rocket Sports Radio podcasts. Every Saturday, it's this podcast, The Canadian's Connection, that comes out. Uh, we were releasing episodes all throughout the summer when a lot of other podcasts were not. Uh, we were providing content on everything and anything Montreal Canadiens, and we'll continue to be here throughout the season to help you keep up to date. And uh, like every uh, second uh, segment, we have a very interesting big topic uh, to discuss like we did this week, so make sure you hit that subscribe button if you like what you're hearing today. Also, every Tuesday, it's the Press Zone, hosted by uh, Amy Johnson and uh, Patrick That comes out uh, every Tuesday evening and they help you keep up to date with everything Habs Prospects and Laval Rocket. Uh, I recommend listening to that. Uh, Patrick is an absolute AHL guru. Uh, If you want to keep up to date with everything Laval Rocket, that's the best way to do so.
2: And I drop in occasionally. I did last week and we had a great uh, hot stove discussion uh, about uh, the Laval Rocket and uh, about development. I just a note since... uh, um, since well it came came up in our commercial break uh, from our AHL report team uh, note from Amy Johnson that for the game on Saturday afternoon uh, the Laval Rocket are making some lineup changes Jan Meshack is a healthy scratch Uh, Jan Meshack promising um, young uh, defensive minded player Um, uh, Yesa so uh, dropped from the first line to the third line, playing with Danic Martell and Mitch Mitchell Stevens. The first line, um, not much development going on there. It's Anthony Richard, Brandon Jignac, Rem Pitlick. Um, so, uh, it, again, uh, Jeff Hool is focusing. Uh, he really wants a win badly. Uh, and uh, again, against Cleveland uh, this afternoon. Cleveland, um, you know, a, a team that... Um, I don't know how they're doing it. They've, they've been ravaged by uh, recalls, uh, lots of injuries, as we saw eight uh, regulars out of the lineup for Columbus. Uh, and you know what that means, that the the NHL club is going to uh, tap into their AHL affiliate. So Cleveland has is, is, uh, lost a lot of players as well, but uh, still were able to spank Lavelle on Friday night. We'll see how that goes on Um, Saturday afternoon but um, again um, you know leaning towards uh, not leaning towards jumping full bore into uh, uh, prioritizing wins rather than development in uh, Laval for uh, this afternoon's game
0: not something you like to see and uh, like we said in the second segment uh, I really hope that uh, this team gets some sort of sense of direction at some point because I don't like the direction they're on right now uh, but uh, finally, uh, for uh, Rocket Sports, uh, we have been doing our Movember campaign.
2: We like uh, this direction. This is a direction we like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a better direction. Um, we've all been growing our mustaches. I've been providing the daily uh, Mo updates on the Movember app. Uh, we've been helping to raise some money and whatnot. And uh, just so you know, uh, we've still got another week and a little bit. If anybody wants to help contribute, uh, however that is, feel free to reach out. Uh, we'd be more than happy to to have your contributions
2: absolutely um and uh, we've raised uh 120 so far um as a team um our team activity is close to 90 kilometers um and if uh you want to sponsor us if you want to give uh a a message of support uh just go to november.com um and and search for all habs hockey magazine um it's a slash all have. So um, you can you can help us reach our goal for a very, very worthy cause.
0: And now I think it's a good time to take a look at our Canadians connection question of the week. Would you prefer the Canadians to continue on a development path this season or make a push for the playoffs? We want to hear from you. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, do you like the fact that Montreal is still kind of in the conversation for the playoffs? Uh, they might make a push at some point. Who knows? Or would you prefer them to reroute and just go full uh, development and maybe even tank down for uh, Bedard?
2: So the, the Montreal Canadiens are in 20th spot. We said that right up front. If you look back last season um, to um, who was in that that bottom 10-12 um, and, and at American Thanksgiving, uh, which is coming up uh, this week, and and uh, happy Thanksgiving to our American listeners. Um, last season, there was one team from that bottom group, from that bottom third, that made the playoffs, uh, and that was the Boston—one uh, team in the East, um, I should specify, and that was the Boston Bruins, who were in 20th uh, at the American Thanksgiving, at the point of American Thanksgiving, and um and you know better their pace and, and made the playoffs. So uh, it's possible. Do you want the Canadians to go there? Do you want them to make a playoff push? Do you want them to be a buyer at the at the deadline or continue along the path that we were promised a development path? Um, that's what we're asking and that's what we want an answer to this week.
0: Well, uh, this coming week, uh, we might even find out the Montreal Canadiens have four games uh, between now and next Saturday. Starting off tonight, Philadelphia comes into Montreal. That'll be a great matchup for Amy Johnson to watch. Uh, I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun. John Tortorella versus Martin St. Louis, the mentor versus the mentee. So I'm excited for that one. And, Rick, I believe you mentioned that there's a Grey Cup happening tomorrow, Toronto versus Winnipeg.
2: Toronto versus Winnipeg. Winnipeg going for its third straight in uh, Regina, Saskatchewan. Uh, I'm sure there'll be football weather (laughs) there in in (laughs) Regina. Um, Game time's around 6 p.m. Eastern, I believe, and uh, Grey Cup's always fun to take a peek in on.
0: Heading over to November the 22nd, uh, Buffalo comes into Montreal. Uh, Buffalo, another Atlantic to division team that's been uh, much improved this season. So that'll be fun to look out for. Uh, the very next day, it's a back-to-back on November the 23rd. Uh, Montreal goes back to Columbus to try and get some revenge.
2: The cannon. The cannon again.
0: The cannon. The <laughs> cannon. And then uh, on next Saturday, uh, November the 25th, uh, Montreal heads over to Chicago. So we get to see uh, Luke Richardson again. And uh, somewhere within there, I believe, uh, happy U.S. Thanksgiving to all of our American listeners.
2: On Thursday is uh, U.S. Thanksgiving. And then uh, the Canadians follow the, um, that on, for with a Friday game. That's Black Friday um, against, uh, against Chicago in Chicago. Um, and we'll be able to hear my favorite anthem <laughs> singer. I think he's tr- tremendous, and uh, when I heard him in person, just uh, an unbelievable experience. So uh, Jim Cornielsen. um a, a busy week, a very busy week. So very you're going to want to be with us next weekend for sure, aren't you?
0: Well, I I certainly will. Yeah, uh, me too. (laughs) For today, I believe that's going to be a wrap for us. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Uh, Please make sure you hit that subscribe button uh, in the player on your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you heard and you're excited about next week's episode, please share on social media. Uh, Enjoy your week. We'll be back here next Saturday, November the 26th for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.